1: Support for Armchair and the Saints Happy Hour podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair.
0: Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Held. We are the perfect blend of Saint Sincerity and stupidity. I want to point out that you asked Kevin a football question just now. And I feel like I was in bizarro world where he He knew the schedule. He had knowledge of the next two opponents. Kevin, did you watch the game?
1: And now, here's your host, Ralph Malbro. All right, everybody, welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Are we already having technical problems, gentlemen? Well, yes, I didn't,
0: we didn't hear the open at
1: all. You didn't hear the open and at all?
0: No, and you sound like you're no. in, a, you sound like you have white noise in the background.
1: Uh, that's interesting. Uh, well, let me just stretch over here. And turn off that. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, that was a grand opening about how Kevin didn't see the game, and you people are talking over it. We are the most professional Saints podcast there is. Uh, We have – Wait, so
2: you can hear us.
1: I can hear you guys fine talking over the open. <laughs> People oh, are going to be f- can, can you
0: can you play a sound uh, clip real quick? I just want to see if we can hear it. <laughs> can you hear the
1: yeah. train?
0: No, we didn't hear
1: it. You didn't hear the train? Mm. Yeah,
0: we, we can't hear any of your whenever you turned on the banana meter or started the recording or whatever, we can't. We
1: can't hear any of your stuff. Yeah. It's a tough break. I wonder who's They hear the they hear the train.
0: <laughs> the, the, the Okay, the, well uh, that's good, I guess.
1: That's that's comforting. So so I don't know um I don't know what the uh what the heck is going on. But anyway, uh the Saints defeated the Tampa Bay Bucks thirty four to seventeen. Uh which is good, but we have we have a myriad of serious football topics to discuss, and as usual, we have Kevin Held here, and he is the preeminent football expert in America to break it all down first. Dave, guys, send Dave pray, thoughts and prayers. He is having the death flu, uh, so he couldn't join us tonight, um, so hopefully uh, Dave will get better. Uh, that's the breaking news siren that apparently Andrew and Kevin can't hear. But Andrew, I have breaking news. Jameis Winston just threw interception number five. Yeah, I, I can't hear you, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh yeah, so, I, now I can hear you. I don't I don't know. You kinda got buried. I, I heard I sort of heard um the, the breaking news siren there. But uh, I, I think you said that Jameis Winston threw another pick. That's that's <laughs> the only thing I can guess you just said.
1: Yeah, I did. <laughs> so so in a game where the, where the, the, you're going to people, – I'm going to miss Jameis Winston so much when he's gone because this is going to be his last year in Tampa because he's just an abomination and terrible. But I'm going to miss him so much because he, Kevin, he never disappoints nearly because he's a horrible human being. He's done horrible things off the field to multiple different women, so he's easy to hate and loathe. And he combines that with playing terrible for a division rival. I think he might be my most – enjoyable person to hate on even more so than Cam Newton. Like my hate for Jameis Winston is pure and it borders on rage every now and again.
2: Yeah, I think Winston's Winston's more hateable than Cam Newton. Uh, I, I, it's a question of, boy, that, that'd be, that'd be a good, uh, a good round of 64 tournament. The most hateable non saints players
0: um, yeah, Roddy White's in the mix.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm thinking like right now. James like, Smith. do I hate? Do I hate him more than I hate Julio Jones right now? And yeah, I. I probably hate Jameis Winston more than Julio right
0: now. But do you hate yeah. him more than Adrian Peterson?
2: Ooh. No. No. <laughs> There's no, there's no, ooh, there's no debate, there's none of that. It's it, that's,
1: no, not happening. Uh, I, I mean, and also Jameis, he just, as I have the the, the people in the live stream see that see his face, he just has a face that you just want to slap in the mouth. Even if he wasn't a bad person or whatever, I just want to punch him in the face, slap him in the mouth. Um but this game, Andrew. Before we get to the um, fun and the nonsense about uh, different things, we need to break down a serious football topic, and that is Sean Payton's nipples on the sideline are out of control. Like his <laughs> his man boobs are they're they're just I mean he could cut glass with those things, and Kevin. It's a ser- I think it's a serious issue. And now that he's engaged, shouldn't his fiance like pull him aside and be like, "Dude, you gotta, you gotta clean that up. Like his nipples are, they're borderline FCC." The
0: thing is, like, he's wearing a hoodie too, like a thick cotton hoodie. It's not like he's rocking, you know, the dry fit T shirt where, you know, obviously that's gonna show. Based on what he's working with. You're gonna see that pretty easily. It, it, we're talking about like a cold, thick cotton hoodie.
1: <laughs>
0: I know, like you know like, what I'm
1: saying. Like it's like it, it's piercing through it. Do you do you feel like do you feel like Kevin that his nipples could be classified as a weapon since they can cut through that hoodie? <laughs>
2: I don't it's know if alarm. I would say weapons, but, you, uh, you know, he might be able to finagle a a, a heist at a, at a jewelry shop after hours.
1: My wife. My wife was horrified by the nipples. Like, she was just taken aback by them I in a way that... Himself. Well, I mean, here's here's the thing, Andrew. I feel like... I feel like with, with Sean Payton's nipples, the one thing is we see all these people on Saints Twitter breaking down film of, like, throws that Teddy Bridgewater should make, right? And he's like, he needs to make this throw and that throw. But I don't see the film nerds doing important work. Like, they don't analyze. Like, when Sean Payton's nipples are, like, fully erect and, like, a horrible scene on the TV, do the Saints, does the Saints offense do better or worse? Like, when his nipples are, are – are, are out there for all the world to see? Are the Saints better or worse on offense? That's the yeah, kind of... They, cal-
0: they calculate the hang time of Thomas Morstead's punts, but I don't see him calculating the circumference of his areolas.
1: Yeah, like, like how do the Saints... How are they on third down when Sean Payton's nipples are in full bloom?
0: Yeah, I, yeah that's true. I, I want to know when... Like, on first down... And second down, I'd like to know the difference between the success of the play based on how much his nipples are showing in that situation. First versus second down. I'd have to know that first. But, I mean, the thing, the thing with Sean Payton is it's kind of what you said. Look, he, he's engaged to a younger woman now. And my thing is we've already done blue chew. We've already done uh, what was the other manscaped, uh, which was man, the beginning. we've already done manscaped. Yeah, like we beginning. at this point, like th- this podcast, needs some sort of slip in or some sort of thing that can protect Sean Payton and have his nipples not show as much
1: through like his a, shirt, like a pasty, someone like a someone, man, like uh, a man yeah. pasty, like a like a masty. Well,
0: I mean, I already see a lot of these soccer player guys wearing like the sports bra now. You, have you guys noticed that? Like they rip off their jersey and they don't have like a full <laughs> compression shirt. It's just like just for their chest now. It almost looks like a bra. You guys seen that in soccer?
1: I, I have seen that. I have seen that. You don't well, see him I mean, ripping off the shirt as much because
0: probably because they're wearing a sports bra and they don't want anyone to
1: know. Yeah, I mean that's, that's what I mean, Sean Payton needs. Well, no, the, the also the uh the uh the uh the, uh, the Saints thing <laughs> <laughs> my my dad just
0: said in the chat, he said, I missed the the nipples. I must have been watching the game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Juge, come on man. Watch the game. I mean like a like a like a like a I don't know what you would call it, but it's like a little like a little pasty that like a like a stripper would wear in like certain states, like they can't they can they can they have strip clubs but they can't show the nipples so they wear the little pasties. They need those for men, you know? uh we so haven't Kev- ruled out that this is the reason dave is so ill <laughs> kevin would you pay for pff if they had a yards per nipple analytic
0: <laughs>
1: um <laughs> i'm
2: gonna i'm gonna say no but i would pay if no, I, nah, never mind. I'm not even gonna attempt that joke because it just it was it wasn't gonna work. Um, no, I'll just say I'm not gonna pay yards per nibble.
1: <laughs> Did you have a joke so offense- so offensive you worried that it was going to uh, going to going to uh, cause us trouble?
2: <laughs> no, I, I just I was trying to think of something that just was going to be a uh uh,
1: a cheap way to transition to the manscaped ad but uh well no but speaking of uh speaking of of cheap but effective guys remember the days when you were ready to go now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed listen up bluechew.com that's blue like the color blue Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with FDA-approved active ingredients in Viagra and Cialis so you know it works, giving you a boner and making your nipple able to cut glass. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full or empty stomach. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confident where it, where it counts, my wife just made a really rude comment. Now Blue I... Chew is fast and easy to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness, except for the cripple guy reading this ad. They're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. Use the special code Armchair. Just pay $5 in shipping. Once again, B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Armchair to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster way. And we thank them for sponsoring this shit show of a podcast. You guys your were confusing effects. me being we, we, silent. We hear
0: we him hear, we hear perfect now, your sound effects. I don't know what happened, but I don't <laughs> know what was going on at the beginning, but I think we're good now.
1: How about we hear that? Perfectly.
0: That was yeah. perfect.
1: <laughs> your dad said Ralphie advert stud. Um so listen, now that we've gotten the serious football talk out of the way, I guess and the nipple talk and the yards per nipple out of the way, I guess we can talk about the actual football game. Uh, Andrew, I think the people need to apologize to PJ Williams. You cowards. They made fun. They ripped his ass all week on Saints Twitter, and that dude played great and made himself a shit ton of money.
0: Yeah, Eli Apple and PJ Williams both, man. Um, Corners are expensive. They're both on one-year deals, and – yeah, the Saints are gonna have to pick which one they want to retain. I mean, I think it's Eli Apple probably between the two. He's probably the more expensive one. Um, but you know, yeah, a weird thing happened with PJ Williams, and that's that you know he really struggled at outside corner, and then he got another shot to play, and he started yeah. playing a little bit at, at nickel, and then so then everybody got this bright idea that oh well he's just a nickel corner. He he can't play outside. He he's just a nickel guy. I always thought he was actually built to be more of an outside guy because he's not one of these quick twitch. I mean, if you look at like CJ Gardner, Johnson's size and his, his twitch. And I I just think he's way more suited to be a nickel corner and just the way he's built. And PJ to me is more built based on the way he supports the run and his physicality and his size. Um, You know, and I I mean, you saw him get roasted earlier this year by Kenny Stills out of the slot because he couldn't run with them. And so, I just think he's actually better suited to be on the outside, and I think sometimes people just t- tend to remember that last time he did that and assume that he's terrible at it. But you know, I, I think as he's gotten better and more comfortable and developed some confidence playing at nickel, uh, I I think that's kind of made him better as an outside corner, but basically made him a better player in total, and. Now he was asked to go outside, and I think he did an admirable job. And I think, you know, once again, I, I just think sometimes we're, we're so quick to judge these guys and, and write off the possibility of improvement or a guy just the light coming on, figuring it out. Because the thing is, with PJ Williams, he's always had the size, and he's got decent speed, and uh, he's got great physicality, tackling technique. So sometimes it's just about these guys putting it all together and. You know, by no means am I saying PJ Williams has arrived, but um, let this be less than those of you that were killing him on Twitter. I mean, I, <laughs> I think he's a decent player. He, he, I think he has been for a while. And I'm stupid. I'll go back to what I said last week, which is crazy to me. I was always really down on this guy when everyone was ready to, like, make him a top five corner in the NFL. And he, had, he hadn't played Truthers, it down man. the Saints yet, and they were ready to put him in the Hall of Fame, and and I was like, "That's ridiculous! This guy. Well, let, let's wait and see what he can do." And now I feel like the it's swung completely the other way.
1: Well, here's the interesting thing, Kevin, that I always and 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 I want your perspective on this is, you know, corners for fans seem to like their bad moments like we remember them for fucking ever, but like Teron yeah. Armstead. Yep. He, he had the flu last week, and we excuse him for that. But he sucked ass against Dallas, right, Andrew? And fans sort of never like remember bad offensive linemen performances, or we, or we or we, forget them easily for players that aren't just terrible all the time, like a Charles Brown. Kevin, why do corners, like their uh, bad do, moments uh, the are burned into our memories forever?
0: Is, the one exception I make to that is
1: Zach Street. Fans always killed him, too. Yeah. But In overall, Kevin, why do we like why why do we hate corners so much? Like we remember, we can name the, we can name the we could go, we could do a literally we did a didn't we do a, a bracket of the of the worst Saints corner ever or the best one ever? And yeah, the worst. The worst one ever? Like if we did that for an offensive lineman, people would be like you can't do this for a month. This is boring as fuck. But corners, people hate them and remember them forever. Why do people do that with corners? Because
2: um, it's usually big plays that, that occur and big plays tend to stand out. Um, like think of how many like think of how many big plays Fred Thomas was given up, and then think of how many big plays Jason David gave up. And then Man, think of true. how, you, you know, like you, you're also thinking about the secondary. Think of, think of just how ineffective uh, a guy like Kevin Case Harn was at his job.
0: Damn, he <laughs> drops Case Harn and he still hasn't said Brandon Browner.
2: <laughs> well, brother, I was going to get there.
0: Like you know, I picked I mean, the wrong week when I'm I'm
2: anesthetics. Even before all the... that, you, you, you think a toy cook, toy and cook, then, yeah. and then you think of all the penalties from Brandon Browner. I mean, thank you. It's it's that that shit stands out more because it's it's big play. It's it's a home run ball. And and it, and in Browners case with the penalties, it's okay. He's given up these, you know, it's these deep passes or it's these passes and then he gets penalized for it. So he either already got beat and gives up a penalty anyway or he makes a stupid penalty on something that could have been defended.
1: I don't know. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, the thing with corner is Andrew, the Saints are—they have a really, really nice group, and you know, even Patrick Robinson made an appearance yesterday and did some interesting things. He was the weird thing was 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 it crazy or was he blitzing all the time yesterday?
0: <laughs> he, they were blitzing him a lot. I mean, in fairness, they blitzed Von Bell, they blitzed C.J. Gardner Johnson. They were blitzing DBs. I don't know what they saw on tape or whatever, but they Dennis saw Jameis Winston
1: blitzing. being dumb, and they, they wanted to try binging, to confuse him.
0: They were binging on corner blitzes all game long.
1: <laughs>
0: like I, I think Dennis Allen may have developed a fetish.
1: Yeah, the one thing that, uh, by the way, people, you should pay the ten dollars a month so you get Andrews written grades. He grades every player, every play for every Saints game. Uh, The one thing that you noticed that I didn't really know, I I asked you the question, and I I asked on Twitter, why wasn't Marcus Davenport playing a lot? You broke down the film yesterday. There's something concerning going on with Marcus Davenport that you saw breaking down the film. Explain it to the people. Well, he's got a,
0: if you watch it, he's got a huge contraption on his left arm. Huge, huge brace. And no, I wouldn't have thought much of it. I mean, Ryan Ramshake's been playing with a huge brace for two years now. Um, but he he his snaps were limited, so that was the first thing. I saw Trey Hendrickson get way more snaps than he normally does uh, subbing in for him. And so that that was a little strange. and then so then I looked at his pass rushes more closely, and then there's one bull rush where I see him kind of bury his head into the left tackle and he's pushing him backwards, and he's doing it with one arm. Uh, he's really just pushing with his right arm and he's so athletic that I mean he's, it's not a good pass rush, but he, he's not getting owned either. you know it's, it's kind of a neutral pass rush, but he's not using his left arm at all there. and so I'm like, okay,
1: that's kind of weird obviously he, something's wrong there. And hey, I didn't draft in him game, in fantasy. He sh- if he's only got one good arm I didn't get I didn't put any stink on Davenport. Yeah, you can't blame Ralph. Uh, But then
0: there was another play where he kind of spins around and there's an open lane and Jameis Winston runs into that open lane and he had an opportunity to stretch his arm out to kind of at least try to put an arm out to try to slow him down or grab him. And he doesn't do it. And that that was one of those scrambles that Jameis Winston had where he got like 10 yards and. That that was the most concerning to me because I was like, "Wow, either he doesn't trust it because it's injured, and he just he just can't do it, and he's afraid he's gonna like tear his muscle worse if he sticks his arm out, or so it's either it's a fear thing,
1: or he really can't move it." It was a either jump to conclusions. <laughs> I want to jump to conclusion. Kevin, do you think he has arm cancer? <laughs> it- <laughs>
2: Um, no, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. That just the, the awkwardness of the question just really caught
1: me off guard. I apologize. (laughs) Um, the pass rush was, (laughs) the pass rush was really good, Andrew. The, the one thing that I think we need to discuss another serious football topic and why people come to this, come to this podcast, um, is let me pull this up real quick as we've uh well andrew talk about the talk about the pass rush i've got i've got to pull up a soundbite for something i want to talk about but talk about the pass (laughs) rush being better than what it was last week and also sheldon rankins looking pretty good
0: yeah sheldon rankins uh i mean first of all his name was called for roughing the passer but at this point i'll take it because he's (laughs) been so dormant uh, I'll take anything I can get from him. But the Saints only had two sacks on the stat sheet. Uh, I think it was one and a half from Cam Jordan, and then they got another half sack from Von Bell, I guess. But um, when you look at the pressure, they were constantly putting on Winston. He was either getting hit, he was getting hurried. Um, so the stat sheet only shows two sacks, but I thought it was one of their better games in terms of just consistently beating the Bucks front, and it was forcing –
1: Winston into getting the, rid of the ball in a lot of bad positions. The four picks. Breaking news Winston just threw another interception. <laughs> All right, now I got, the, I got the thing. Kevin, that's the X Files music. People that listen to this podcast, they know what that means. It's time for the uh, semi annual Drew Brees Arm Truther Report. And they had two plays in this game, back-to-back throws to sideline passes to Ted Ginn. If arm truth if Drew Brees arm truth or porn was a thing or a category on Pornhub that you could select, those two plays would have been it. So, Kevin, probably both have a 100% rating. <laughs> hey Uh, so Kevin, are we Two more Drew Brees, bad throws from Arm Truther, Drew Brees, Arm Truther, reaching a level of it's time to play Chetty Bridgewater or at least gas up Benson one to get him to Venezuela to get him some goat blood or... Uh, and the ligaments. And the ligaments, yeah. Uh,
2: I think I think if it's three more in a single game... Then, then, then you're going to listen to the uh, to the Bridgewater uh, calls come up, but I, I, I don't think uh, I don't think that's going to going to happen. I, 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 can see more people getting mad if Drew makes interceptions. Like I, I don't think it's going to be yeah. underthrow or anything. I just think it'll be interceptions that'll do it. And speaking of Pornhub, somebody tweeted yesterday that the, the Saints were edging the Bucks in some. <laughs> st- and I was, I was immediately like, wait a minute now. What's going on? What, what's happening? The Saints are doing what? To the Bucks?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to agree with Kevin. I, I do think that, um, you know, in terms of just Breeze. Unless he's making mistakes, well, first of all, the, one of the main complaints that people had about Bridgewater was that he didn't push the ball down the field, right? So if Breeze isn't doing it either, I, I don't really see what going to Bridgewater would, would do to I- improve off what we're getting out of Drew. So that, that's the first thing. But secondly, well, Breeze, I, I mean, I, I think that the— I feel like I'm taking crazy pills! I, I don't. I feel like the deep ball is gone with him. He's not even trying to throw it anymore. Um, you know, people criticize Teddy for being checked down, tre- Teddy, but he he's checked down Drew, and you know he's throwing <laughs> he's throwing short passes to Michael Thomas. He's throwing short passes to Alvin Kamara, and you know, I mean, there was like the thirty yard reception by uh, Jared Cook. So like, hopefully you know, sometimes hopefully you get some plays after the catch. Michael Thomas had to think a forty yard gain, and most of that was after the catch. So. You know, I think that's how the offense gets big plays out of the passing game now. And and it is what it is. But here's the thing. The main difference I see between Breeze and Bridgewater is while they're they're both throwing a lot of short passes. And I talked about this on our postgame, Ralph. I just feel like Breeze does the short passing better because the locations on his balls are always perfect. So, you know, he may be throwing a short pass, but he's hitting Alvin Kamara perfectly into his outstretched hands in stride where And there's a big difference, whereas, like, maybe if Teddy hits him just right in his gut or just slightly behind him, and it's a catch either way, but the yak, you know, the yak is three yards, you know, where it's second and four instead of second and seven. So, those little nuances, they make a difference, and that's why, like, exactly like Kevin said, unless he's turning the ball over or making mistakes, I don't see... Anyone clamoring for Teddy or any change ever being made?
1: Well, no, I that, hope now, now, I hope Drew a second, Brees dude. is using Manscaped and getting twenty percent off, to, so his balls can be dead on accurate, perfect. But continue, Kevin.
2: Just well, want to. No, I was going to say. So wait a second. So you're telling me that that Drew that Drew Brees is no longer able to throw an extremely deep ball?
0: Uh... I'm not ready to categorically say that, but I mean, I, I think there's a reason why we're not seeing him push the ball down the field. Okay, you I don't. I don't think he has the must. I don't. I mean, I, I don't think this is a I take. He, he doesn't have the mustard he used to have. Okay. I just want to make sure, because I was
2: quite by intelligentsia by a lot of very smart people who I know follow football and who I know know all the quarterbacks on a single team. Through the back, the third stringer. They know them too. And I under the impression that every single quarterback employed in the NFL can throw a ball 50 plus yards to any wide receiver at any given point.
0: Are you talking about Breeze?
2: I mean, I'm just about any quarterback in the NFL. I was, I, according to Twitter, uh, every quarterback currently employed by the NFL can make
1: a 50 every throw pass. I mean, mm, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I fe- I feel like... I'm trying to think of other quarterbacks. Well, I, Trubisky can't because he's just, he's got that sling on his arm and he's just fucking god awful. He couldn't. Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: I don't, I'm not sure Trubisky can complete a 10 yard pass.
1: <laughs> Ryan Pace in the, in the Bears, in the, in the press box or whatever. He looks so sad last night on. On on uh, on NBC. I wonder if he just thinks I can't believe I drafted that fucking guy over Mahomes and Watson. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, uh, thank you, Allison, in the chat for reminding me of this. I mean, I feel like we're completely bypassing the whole thumb deal. Like we don't know how much that's affecting him at this point still. And I mean, I, I remember when he came back, someone asked him, you know, are you 100? percent He's like, well, no, I'm I'm not. I'm not 100%. I'm like 70%. And I was like, ooh, that's not good. But (laughs) he said, but he was like, the thinking is that I'm no more or less injured than anyone else that's playing right now. So the the thinking is that I'm I'm good enough to play. I'm good enough to feel like I can play well. And I'm going to need three months to heal fully. But we're not going to wait till that because then it's, you know, the season's basically over. So, you know, I was going to come back when I felt like I was ready. And, you know, I'm banged up just like other guys are banged up this time of year. So there's no doubt that his thumb is going to be an issue probably for the rest of the season. And so when we talk about the Drew Brees arm truth or stuff, like how much of this thumb is exacerbating his ability to push the ball down the field? It's a reasonable question.
1: I mean, I feel like, Kevin, I feel like his, 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 deep ball accuracy and all that is going to come to issue when they're going to play a team that's going to be capable of making him have to throw the ball down the field. And that that worries me. But is it a case, Kevin, where... We just have to kind of accept the Saints' offense for who they are right now in the sense of we're used to the scoring, the fun of Kansas City, you know, another team where they score a ton of points and all that. And the Saints now in 2018, they just aren't that anymore, you know. And, and we just kind of have to learn to accept this offense for what it is, that it's really not going to change – it's not going to, like, become anything different these last six weeks and we would be better off kind of accepting them for who for what they are and not expecting some sort of giant change in six weeks
2: yeah but that would only that would be reasonable and would make sense Ralph
1: (laughs) (laughs) you got me there that is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life Tom Yes,
0: yes, it's horrible, this idea. You nailed nailed it, though, Ralph. I mean, it it really, this offense is what it is. And again, this is, and I'm repeating myself, this is another thing I said in the postgame.
1: Yeah, well, people don't get the postgame unless they pay $7 a a month.
0: That's right. So half of you haven't heard this, but if Latavius Murray gets hit in the backfield for a six-yard loss, which, which happened in this game, or if... Breeze gets sacked, which happened six times against Atlanta. It happened once with Taysom Hill this week. Or if the Saints get a penalty, holding penalty, false start, the drive's over. Like, I just feel like this offense is very much three yards here, four yards there. You know, it's very methodical, and it's it's built to have long drives where hopefully they're converting on third and shorts. But this offense is not the Saints of the past, and they're they're just not going to convert third and more than seven. They're just not. So if there's penalties, if there's sacks, whatever, then you might as well resign yourself to the fact that the Saints are going to punt. It doesn't mean they're inept. It doesn't mean they can't score points. It doesn't mean they're not good. It just means they're somewhere between ninth and 16th best in the league. They're not a top-five offense anymore. And guess what? The defense is so good, we can still win the Super Bowl with that.
1: Kevin, I was thinking today as I was – I saw Michael Thomas's projections for his year, for 2019, and he's projected to catch 150 balls for, like, 1,825 yards, which if Michael Thomas is 2019... Yeah, I think he's,
0: he's on pace for 160. He's on pace to uh, beat Marvin Harrison's record.
1: Yeah, one, Marvin Harrison's 143. Michael Thomas... Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so he's on pace for 150. But if Michael Thomas' 2019 was a person it would be the 28th best receiver in Saints history uh, all time. So, Kevin, my question to you is, let's say Michael Thomas hits the projections of 150 catches for 1,825 yards. Is it the best single-season achievement in Saints history? And I know Breeze has all of his 5,000 yards in 2011, but 150 fucking catches and 1,825 yards – would be some r- ridiculous historical shit. So would it be well, the yeah. best would it be the best individual season in Saints history? Drew. No. no. no it, way.
2: I think I think he would have to I think he get would out have of to hear with that Ralph. <laughs> yeah, he would have to hit he would have to get 2000 yards. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills.
1: That's what you're telling me, when, Andrew?
2: He have, yes. He would have to catch 2000 yards. In order to maybe be top four uh, greatest uh, Saints single
1: season achievements. Well, what would it be? It would be Breeze two thousand eleven, Sproles two thousand eleven, Peak Deuce, and what like what else you got? What else? No,
2: I. I I I'm no, no, no. I'm thinking, wait, like, are we talking like, oh, so wait, so we wouldn't count the, uh, we wouldn't count Drew getting the consecutive
1: games. No, be, because okay. that wouldn't be like a, it's just you, you pick like, right, right. okay. I would put, I would put both of Drew's seasons where he broke
2: the Dan Marino record above that. And I would probably put
1: the Deuce. Uh, whoa, the
0: Deuce year. What, what about what about Dalton Hilliard, nineteen
1: eighty nine? Yeah, that's in there. The safety so we don't like to talk about in mixed company.
0: Pat, Pat Swelling and Leroy Glover both had
1: seventeen and a half defensive six.
0: player of the year
1: seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Horn had sixteen hundred yards one year. I mean, it, it's Joe, definitely
0: Joe Horn. Joe like seriously though Mike Thomas like he's left Joe Horn in the dust if you're talking about single seasons because like he's 10 games in right now for this year and it's already the seventh best season for a receiver in Saints history like if he doesn't play another game if he doesn't play the last six games of the season it's a top 10 season in Saints history He's already number seven he if he catches one more pass he's up to number
1: five. His nine-game season was equivalent to Marcus Colson's 2009 season, when the Saints won the Super Bowl. Like the most
0: catches Joe Horn has ever had in a season was 94. He did it twice. You know what Michael Thomas has right now? 94.
1: I, <laughs> I mean, is it a Kevin? Are you a little bit concerned that Michael Thomas is the whole goddamn passing offense? It seems a lot of the time.
0: Yes, I've been concerned about that. <laughs> I've fucking been concerned about that. You know what? I'll be concerned about it when someone fucking stops it.
1: <laughs>
0: you
2: say that now and if the fucking saints if the Saints make the playoffs and I know I'm saying if but you know, if wink, wink, nudge, nudge, the Saints make the playoffs and they get fucking doused in, in, in that in the first game they play because somebody finally decided to have the bright idea to try and lock Michael Thomas down and they're successful and Drew Brees is held to like, you know, a buck 97 or whatever the fuck and the Saints lose because they couldn't find Michael Thomas and they had to rely on, you know, Stonehenge Ted Ginn and, you know,
3: yeah.
2: and Arnold. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, we, we might be booking a
1: flight to the Greenbrier to find you. <laughs> Well, I just want to remind people, we booked Kevin a flight to New Orleans on December 14th. So people, you only have about a week left to RSVP, so you can get your free t-shirt. So do it. Book your RSVP to the live show, Tracy's, December 14th. Join us. We're up to 103 people. Three people, I think, Andrew said last yesterday when he gave me the number. I'm not sure. But it's a lot of people. It'll be a lot of fun. So do it. RSVP. get your free T-shirt. Yeah, um, you can
0: have a beer with us. Also, yeah. uh, can we talk about how the hell Nick
1: Easton was good in this game? That was my next thing because I was uh, – Andrew, I was uh, all prepared for uh, – to get the clap and get it very, very hard and, and a lot. But we didn't. We got Nick Easton instead, and he was amazing. And people were saying, just he was a free agent disaster. They set four million dollars on fire. He looked amazing. So my question is, he's looked great this way. Why hasn't he been played? Why hasn't he played before at tackle or or other places? But he looked amazing yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just wonder if maybe the thing. So. I kind of assume like everyone else that maybe he was just a bust, you know, maybe he, he just didn't have it, but yeah, I don't know what to make of that, to be honest with you. I mean, part of me was worried that clap was benched and Easton was started because of how bad clap was filling in for, for Andres Pete and, and the saints brass, maybe just decided, all right, well, let's let's give Easton a shot. Cause it can't get any worse than what we just saw. But You know, maybe it's just that Will Clapp, you know, he played tackle and guard and center in college, and maybe the Saints just feel like when they're on game day and they they need a a reserve that they can kind of fill in at any spot, they like Will Clapp's versatility a little bit more. And Easton Uh, cannot do that.
1: He's a guard, period.
0: Yeah, but but if, you know, they know that one of their guards is out for the whole game, then Easton makes more sense at that one spot, so... I mean that that's a possible explanation, but um, you know I got to say he stepped in there and he looked like a starting quality player in the NFL. He he's almost
1: did. just off of yesterday. He's almost worth the four million dollars. Seriously? Yeah. I mean
0: <laughs> I'm kind of surprised, man, because you know when you see Kiko Alonso play more and he played more in this game, and you see that acquisition kind of being decent, and you see Nick Easton. I mean those two both just reeked of a uh, well, what's that what's that signing the Saints had he, he was the Raven and then he went to the Browns and he was cut the Saints picked him up what was that guy's name Kruger? the defensive end yes yes it, this this was a Paul Kruger signing and it had all the trappings of being a Paul Kruger Kruger type season and Kiko Alonzo is looking great. And Nick Easton's looking great all of a sudden. And this is after like both of them kind of not doing much all year. And if someone uh, Saints Recline in the chat just said Loomis magic, but it, I mean it's crazy. It feels like Mickey Loomis is hitting on all of these pickups.
1: I mean, it's it, Kevin. I, I fear that like the Saints, they, they're all their moves, all their captioning, all their trade ups. Like it's working to an extent that it, sh- it Realistically, it should not work. I feel like they are on the verge of doing something so bonkers in a trade up that you may have a stroke. Like they, because they 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 feel like. They're 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 infallible. Like it's just everything they yeah, touch.
0: Right now they're walking on water.
1: <laughs> are are you worried? Well, that- I
2: just want to know, like, when when would that, like, what when when does the trade, uh, like, when's the trade thing end?
1: It it no. only it I only mean, ends Jesus when Mickey Loomis isn't the Saints Jesus GM anymore. Jesus That's when it ends.
0: McCoy. They just <laughs> traded up for McCoy in this draft, and now he looks like Max Unger at center. It's freaking
1: insane.
0: They hit again.
1: It's like it, it, Kevin, I'm telling you, if they win the Super Bowl and Drew Brees would retire and for some odd reason Teddy Bridgewater would leave, they would get extra fucking reckless in this quarterback draft, I think, to go get Burrow or Tua and it could not it it might not be good for your health. I'm just throwing that out there
0: although are uh, we back to uh, are we back to Marcus Davenport as the bus camp
1: oh we he's might be fall, he's kind of falling off a little bit lately especially if he's got arm cancer uh all right we got questions from people this is from Allie, Kevin which player on the current oh. roster would you most like to have a beer with hmm. Alex
2: that's a good question no, that's a good question,
1: Cam Jordan. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's a good, that's a good answer because I feel like I feel like Cam Jordan. You could get a, you'd have to get probably quite, quite a few beers in him, but I think once you got him lubricated up, he would have some really great stories, and he would say some really good slander against the NFL and the referees because he dressed as a referee for Halloween at a Pelicans game. Um, <laughs> this is from Eric, Andrew. We have eight... Th- my, my pick is DeMario Davis. Yeah, he would... I don't know that he would be... He would be really interesting because he's he's obviously... He, he's very worldly and he cares about a lot of things outside of football. He would be every, very interesting. But I don't know that he would be um, the most fun to have a beer with. I think Cam Jordan would be the most... Willie Sneed, if he was on the roster, you know he would be fun. But... I have a you feeling know. Josh Hill would be the scariest drunk. <laughs> offensive, I I would think offensive linemen would be fun to have beers Tron, with. Tron Armstead would be great to have a beer with. I think. <laughs> uh, Morstead might be fun to have. You know, like Morstead yeah. and lots. They could they could trade. Uh, Kicking war, Drew, you know who would be really fun? Drew Brees, because I feel like Drew Brees probably hasn't had more than two beers in like fifteen years. So I think you could get him shit faced really, really easily. And then me and Kevin could say could sell him cubic zirconium for like eight million dollars. <laughs> you know what,
2: what? that's not a bad idea. You know, it'd be nice Just to throw pay it off out my there.
1: house. Just throwing it out there, you know? I mean, you know. uh, This is from Eric, Andrew. We have 8,000 shitty receivers on the team. Can none of them return a punt to save Kamara's knees?
0: Yeah. um, Well, Ralph, I'm surprised you didn't say Kiko Alonzo, that you would try to get him drunk so you could seduce him. uh, (laughs) I He's a good-looking man. I'm not going to lie. uh, No, with with punt returners, man, I've long said this. Irresponsible to be playing. Kamara, or, yeah, Kamara back there. And he, he had a 27-yard return at one point and gave him good field position. So He also he, got he can, blasted. He, he got blasted, yeah. I mean, he, he can do it, obviously, but I just I don't like him taking those hits. And it's Fucking
1: put but, old man Ginn back there and tell his ass the Jarris Bird punt return rules are in effect. If you fair catch it, if you don't, I'm going to murder you. Like, why is this I, hard? I
0: just, I just remember... Reggie Bush tearing his knee on the sideline yeah, on a I mean, punt return. I remember Brandon Cooks breaking his arm on a punt return, and we lost both of them for the year when that happened. And I have flashbacks to that. And man, it would it would be disgusting
1: to lose Camaro on a punt return. Kevin, this is a good question from Colin. Get
0: back soon. Heal soon,
1: Dante. <laughs> That punt return that Kamara had, at twenty-seven yards. Deontay Harris would have run that thing back. It'd have been like he would have shot out a cannon on that low line drive kick. This is from Colin Kevin. Who's more likely to start at quarterback for Tampa next year? A, mach- a machine designed to throw interceptions or Jameis Winston?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's is the machine? Gonna, I mean, well, no. Is the machine going into a grocery store and stealing seafood?
1: Yes, it's the Crabinator twenty five hundred.
2: Shit! <laughs> but is, um, it is the machine... an
0: Uber and molesting its driver?
1: No, no the the computer, the computer the the uh, the machine doesn't have that kind of uh, human interaction capability. Okay, maybe it doesn't have the interaction capability, but
2: does the machine? Stand up in the middle of, let's say, a college square and shout, F her in the P.
1: <laughs> I forgot about that. It does. It does.
0: Oh, it does. It does. It does. Huh. It does, does the computer eat Ws?
1: The computer does not eat Ws because computers mm-hmm. cannot eat. Huh. Tough one. Colin says yeah. it isn't. A- it's a trick question, Jameis. I would, it, I would take the machine. Colin says it's a trick question. Jameis is an interception throwing machine. <laughs> um, is let's see. Oh, this is a good question for you, Kevin. This is from Saint James. Is Jameis Winston so bad that if he assaults yet another woman, he'll actually be actually be held accountable for his crimes? <laughs>
2: NFL we're talking about. People do not get held accountable for anything unless you choose to kneel during the national anthem to protest police brutality.
1: (laughs) That is is a perfect answer. Um, This is from Lotus Transport. Andrew, on 3rd and 7 or more, does Sean have the gonzos to sub in Teddy?
0: (laughs) What, so he can check down? So he can throw a screen pass? I mean, what's the difference? I don't get it. I mean, just because Teddy could throw it deeper if he actually let it rip. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think sink or swim.
1: It's Drew's. It's Drew's boat. Here, here's a great question from Reichert. Does Jeff Duncan have a side hustle as a narc for the refs? <laughs> for people unaware that are listening to the podcast, either in the live stream or. Later, however you can fume your podcast. By the way, give us five stars on iTunes. The reviews really help us, and I want to be top 50 just one time on Chartable. We've gotten to, num- we've gotten to number 74. We can get bit top 50. Do it for us. But Jeff Duncan was showing a play where on the fourth and one, that was a key play in the game, uh, PJ Williams was lined up off sides, and uh, I tweeted. I'm like, okay – that put that on the ledger. The Saints are only owed 75,000 more calls from the ref to make up for the NFC Championship debacle. Yeah,
0: let, two things. Number one, let's say that he gets flagged for offsides. I hate to break it to you, Jeff, but the Saints are still winning the game. In case you forgot, they won by 17. They picked Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston was probably throwing his fifth interception on the next play. All right? That's the first thing. The second thing is, uh, anytime you guys send us questions that insult Jeff Duncan, they're going to the front of the line.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you can't even you can't even that's, see that's, Duncan. That's,
0: that's a new podcast tradition.
1: You, you've been, you've been blocked for Jeff Duncan probably going on five years, huh?
0: Yeah, but he unblocked me recently. Oh it's wow! New. Wow!
1: Exactly. Yeah. I'm working on getting blocked from Duncan. It's gonna happen.
2: I've been blocked by him for at least a year.
1: Joanne asks, when will you learn to, st- to look directly into your webcam on your morning TV hit? Well, Joanne, <laughs> it's, a work in, it's a work in progress currently. I mean, I've got it down to where I don't blink like I'm sending out SOS messages uh, to the world because I'm a captive. I, I got rid of that. I got rid of where I fidget with my glasses. Uh, so... I've got that. So, so probably by like middle but, but have twenty. You
0: the, have you gotten the cats to stop jumping on, yeah, on the counter some... while you're doing the show?
1: It can if I can if I can wrangle them into the room. But like like this week I got them wrangled into the room, so we didn't have that. But I would think probably by like mid twenty twenty next year I'll have the thing where I know to look into the camera.
0: Look, who? What was her name? Who asked the question again? Joanna. Look, Joanna. Tell your favorite team's head coach to get his nipples under control,
1: and then Ralph will think about looking in the game. <laughs> uh, and oh by the way, Eric Pulson just got a it, it, go watch the video. If they play Eric Pulson's lead in before the interview started, he got a shot on me today. It was just brutal. I won't I won't spoil it for you, but watch that. So thanks to everybody he for went, the he, qu- he went full less east on you? Yeah. <laughs> almost almost man almost so let's let's uh remind reminder to sign up for our podcast it's amazing it's only $7 a month you get free swag it's awesome and we have cool merch at the store do it so the saints Kevin they're hosting Carolina if the saints beat carolina on sunday and beat atlanta thursday in atlanta on thanksgiving night they are your 2019 NFC South champions and that'll be the third straight division title for the Saints that's only happened one other time since the NFC South became a thing uh, who did it the Carolina yeah. they they did it uh, it was they did the last of the three was their Super Bowl year Uh so Kevin, the Saints are surprisingly a nine and a half point favorite against the Carolina Whoa. Panthers and Kyle Allen, who's become a dumpster fire at quarterback. Who do you have in the game on Sunday? Uh, this is uh, this is in New Orleans or Carolina. It is in New Orleans. Twelve o'clock, twelve o'clock kickoff. Do we know what uniform the Saints are wearing? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. We don't, huh? Because you feel like if they wear the gold pants, they'll they'll shit themselves. Uh, I I th- I think it would be very close.
2: I think it would be a nail biter. If they're in if they're in the all black ensemble, uh, I will say. Fuck it. I'm going to go insane. 42 to 17.
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. Who's the MVP? I will say this Bridgewater will get snaps. Wow. Mm. Looks like I picked the wrong week when I'm So, th- and, oh, by the way, thanks to the Atlanta Falcons.
3: <laughs> Just to make a it through. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25.
1: They are in the midst of saving Dan Quinn's job, Andrew. They housed the Panthers yesterday and are 3-7. and seven. Uh, But thanks to them, they helped the Saints probably clin- clinch the NFC South maybe on Thanksgiving. So, Andrew, you are back to actually picking the game. You're not just doing your nonsense of picking against them because you think you have some magical power to an, uh, influence the game. So, who do you take in the game on Sunday?
0: Yeah, nine and a half
1: seems crazy. That is a because, lot of points.
0: I mean, the Saints have been very good defensively. They stopped the run. And so, you would think, slash, hope that's a good matchup for the Saints because McCaffrey is, I mean, they're just so one dimensional with him offensively. Um, but, you know, a lot of teams are good defensively and have had trouble stopping McCaffrey. He, he's, he's kind of been like Michael Thomas this year. He really has. I mean, he, he has been unstoppable, and teams know it's coming, and they still are powerless against him. So that, that's the one thing that's going to be interesting is I feel like the Saints stopped the run. They know it's coming. Uh, are they going to be successful in stopping McCaffrey? And that's the big question for me because if they can – um, then I really think Carolina has no answer. And as good of a player as Luke Keekley is, I feel like Breeze has always had his number. I feel like Tampa and Atlanta over the years have been more successful at giving Sean Payton and Drew Breeze problems than uh, when they've played against uh, Carol- when they played against Carolina. I feel like Sean Payton knows exactly what to do. Breeze has Keekley's number, so I, I think maybe Carolina covers here because nine and a half feels like a lot, but I think the saints will win by a touchdown. I think, you know, again, the Falcons thing was an aberration. I thought they were embarrassed. I thought they responded and played well against Tampa and now they're coming back home. And I think it's important to them now to play well in front of their fans um, as a kind of a mea culpa for that shit show two weeks ago. So I think the saints win. I think Carolina will make it more competitive than Tampa did, um, but I like the Saints in this one. I'll say... I gotta barbecue your ass, my molasses! 27-20.
1: I'll say this. Uh, Carolina, Sunday is basically their season because they're 5-5 five and five and three games out in the South and three games out of the final wild card because the NFC is ridiculous and may, in fact, have... The two wild card teams may be 11 and 12 wins. Um, so, if Carolina loses, not only are they four out in the division, they're four out in the wild card. So, th- this is like do or die for them. The Saints are going to get their best effort. Riverboat Ron Rivera is going to be pulling out all the stops, doing all the crazy stuff. Yeah, you know uh,
0: halfback pass is coming.
1: Yeah, like, the, the, it's like, Carolina, they got to win, man. And, and I think they're going to give the Saints their best effort. Nine and a half is ridiculous. Like, the Saints, they're to the point where they could be favored over double digits over about five or six. Carolina is not a team the Saints should be favored double digits over. But the thing is, Vegas, even though the Saints gave them a hiccup and, and lost to Atlanta at home and it was the biggest upset of the year in the NFL – Saints at home, Vegas takes a bath and people bet on them. So Vegas is going to set these lines ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints. i to take the Saints in a low scoring one. I think they're going to have trouble. I think it's going to be 21-17, uh, and it's going to be messy. And Carolina is going to play really well, and their front seven is going to give the Saints a lot of trouble. Uh, but they're going to figure it out. And uh, the MVP of the game is going to be a guy who we. Managed to in the hour not really talk about what we probably should have. Demario Davis, he's been awesome all year. He was awesome yesterday. He had a great interception yesterday. But against Carolina, he's gonna have a a scoop and score for a touchdown. Um. For the Saints, my, to my get.
0: player of the game is PJ Williams. Game sealing <laughs> interception for all you for all you coward <sighs> PJ Williams
1: haters. True okay. Just gone haters. Uh, man if that if that happens Andrew you can just crow and crow and crow on Twitter Uh, so everybody in the live chat thanks for joining us thanks to everybody listening out there however you consume your podcast however you consume your podcast rate, review us subscribe give us five stars we need it make my dreams come true Dave we hope you feel better, guy. He had the death flu. He'll be back next week, I'm sure. So, for Dave, who's sick in bed, for Kevin, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Until next week, the bar is closed.
2: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for. Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming!